and welcome to a brand new episode of More Than Dice. Uh, we are on episode 117, I believe. I'm John. I'm Kathy still. You're upside down. Am I upside down on this one? Oh, I didn't fix this one. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Let me fix this camera. I don't know. It's kind of nice, though. I like the anti-grav look. <laughs> Let me fix that camera. Uh, boom. And transform. Oh, wrong way. Oh my gosh, I just saw that Captain Mizzy knocked over an end table and broke part of Hella. Um, Hella model. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh. I know which end table it is because she's painting on a little bitty end table as she watches TV and such. But uh, welcome to a new episode. Um, we are trying to be silly today, I guess. Everybody's trying to be silly. Trying? trying. I mean. You know what's funny is uh, before we get into the subject, you know, a lot of shows um, that people are watching are doing, you know, remote um, episodes. So like talk show hosts and stuff like that. And I'm watching, you know, I've seen a couple of episodes of certain ones and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, huh, they're using Skype or they're using OBS because I can see, you know, like some of the transition stuff and all of that going on. And I'm just like, oh, I know what they're doing. And it was just kind of interesting. I noticed that today or a few days back. Type thing. So, so I need to put some wash on my Captain Marvel. She was kind of looking a little dingy. So, uh, welcome to episode 117. Tonight's episode is going to be about quitting. Um, no, the podcast Not isn't us quitting. quitting. Not us quitting. <laughs> um, talking about something else. Because um, uh, this week has uh, been a little stressful for Gonzo. So, um, we're going to talk about some stuff. And, you know, kind of get something going on. Uh, but before we do that, we need to thank all of our sponsors. We want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting all of our episodes and getting them out to everybody and showing them off and everything. We appreciate it. Um, also, if you do any shopping from them, make sure you use the code more than dice, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. That will be awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Lynn from Metalhead Minis uh, for sponsoring us. She'll be, she sells some of our products that we have online. Uh, she'll be selling a couple of other things pretty soon, too. Um, and uh, she's just an amazing woman. Uh, we want to thank Tectonic Craft Studios. Dan the Man, always there, doing awesome stuff. Next week, we'll be doing a giveaway uh, of some of his product. And we will send it to you. You have to be present to win. And you have to be watching Twitch. We understand that, you know, today is a holiday, so we're not expecting We didn't want to do it then. So, have to wait and see. Um, and of course, Creature Caster for being such an awesome, awesome company. Um, I just bought some more paints from them, got the new one, and I got the new bottles in, Kathy, um, as we're talking about it. Um, they're nice, aren't they? Those they're really, bottles. really uh, it, it, well. I mean, because I have the old original bottles, and then I have these new bottles. Uh, the new bottles are quite bigger, uh, width wise. Uh, they do come with a shaker inside of it. Um, and they are a few more millimeters. I think uh, the originals were, what, 18 milliliters? 
where is it? 17 milliliters, and these are now 22. So, um, I've got to finish putting that whole um, thing together. They're I've easier got... to. Sorry. Okay. I was going to say they're easier to squeeze, too. Oh, I'm sure. You, you got more flexibility in them. And then the uh, old ones, because they're not they're they're not as thin. Because um, those are my last paints to put uh, print out uh, a rack for. Because uh, I'll have my pro acrylics up there, pro acrylics up there, and then um, I'll be done. I have to print two more of those things. Want to hear something really sucks? Um, <laughs> this last week I was printing, and you know, of course, it's a 22-hour print job for this uh, paint rack, and printing it up and power flashes <laughs> uh, the power flashes at my house and of course I'm thinking my battery backup has me all good and dandy come in here my battery backup is dead in a 17 hour print job it ends and I'm like Ugh. ouch so I had to restart that one back up um Got that one finished, and then a few days later, we had another storm come through, and it knocked out my power, but it was only in a two-hour print. Um, messed up within, like, two hours of printing, so I was, like, still annoying. So I ordered two new battery backups for my uh, house, because that was just uh, a little annoying, to say the least. Um, what would you say? I said it's no bueno. It, 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 it's annoying because I have everything. I have my computer, both of my printers um, connected to a battery backup. Now, of course, it's not going to last very long, but when we get just flickers, you know, okay. And didn't work. Even the one in the living room connected to our TV and all that, you know, because of the surge protector ones. And I'm just like, uh. So I was really annoyed by it. Um. <coughs> Let's go and get what we're drinking tonight. John, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a screwdriver. You drink? Oh, never mind. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to drink the screwdriver. You know, just blend it up. Throw it <laughs> Will it blend? <laughs> That's how I roll. Gotcha. Um... God, this thing is really annoying. Oh, hey, Ford. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, Kathy, what are you having to drink tonight? So I I have a gin and ginger ale, but mostly I'm drinking tea. Mostly tea? The one thing I'm yeah. told never to drink again. I'm not allowed to have tea anymore. Um, oh, that's too bad. I am trying something new. It's a beer from Founders, which I've had a Founders beer before. Uh, I was really hesitant to buy it, but I was like, eh, screw it. Um, because I was, you know, on the way. It comes in four bottles. It's uh, They only do it every so often. But it's an espresso-flavored stout. Um, and the reason why I was hesitant to buy it, for four bottles, it's $22. Oh, I thought you were hesitant to buy it because it sounds terrible. Uh, no, uh, Founders makes decent beer. It is a ale brewed within chocolate and coffee aged oak bourbon barrels. So, smells good. Has a good, you know, espresso smell. 
with all due respect, that sounds hipster AF. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound hipster. I will not deny that to you. Uh, I do like I do like my coffee and chocolate stout. So I mean that's the reason why I took a chance on it. I wouldn't have yeah. you know bought it if it wasn't if it was like pear flavored, you know, whatever. So, um, guys, uh, we want to thank flavored. everybody that is working very very hard during this time. Even the people that are working from home, or the people that have to still go in, um, also the people that have to deal with the public on a daily basis and providing essential work. Um, we want to thank everybody doing that. Um, we want to make sure everybody's staying safe. Uh, don't go out if you don't have to. Don't go to Walmart as a social event. Go to Walmart, get your shit, go home. Um, don't attend parties. Take care of each other. Don't have parties. Don't have parties. <laughs> Just look after each other. You know, I checked on my neighbor, you know, yesterday. He was standing in the backyard asking how he was doing. He's an older gentleman, retired, you know, just checking in on him. He said he's doing okay. He's got a nephew that comes and gets him stuff every once in a while when he needs it. And I'm like, that's, you know, what you should be doing. Check on everybody. Make sure, you know, it's all hunky-dory. But don't be a douche. Um, so to everybody out there working hard, still having to work, still going out, everything, we appreciate you. This is to all of our listeners and everybody that's working. Cheers. 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 Oh, holy shit. What? This you can't just leave good. us hanging. This is damn good. I mean, it's definitely got the coffee espresso, really strong coffee espresso, and then you can get that little kick at the end. Like, you know, you can tell that it's, you know, not just beer. Legionnaires just made me laugh. I thought I hated going shopping before. Now I want to carry a spear to enforce distancing. <laughs> and that just seems like such a good idea right now. Did you see? I don't it know. It really does. Saw the picture of the guy that put pool noodles around his head <laughs> for the social distancing. He's got like <laughs> seven or eight pool noodles around his head stretched out like a halo. <laughs> and I was like, can't blame the guy. Some people just aren't uh, aren't thinking. They don't care, and now you got to care because it's not just about you now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to switch over to the paint cam tonight. I'm going to um, work on. Let's see. Yeah, that camera. Oh, and that camera's out for some reason. Oh, uh oh. Let me see. I'm add that camera back in real quick. It's always that camera always has. I do love Gonzo's face cam, though. It is legit as shit right now. The upside-down uh -huh. one still? I like it. It's great. I think you should I'll run with that. I think you should run with that. All right, I'll leave I mean, it like that. Oh, what a feeling. Dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> Sorry, getting some Lionel Richie on. <laughs> to figure, uh, okay. I would not have remembered that. was. I probably would have eventually, but yeah, that didn't just come right to the top of my head. Hold on, I gotta fix this camera. Ah, extreme close up. Well, he's got gorilla glue, folks. And he's not afraid to use it. Well, that's good because I mean, I see crossbones, and I see it's probably Black Panther. That's definitely Doc Ock. But really, I think that's more a Gray Panther than Black Panther. Mm. <laughs> 
flip this around. Transform. Flip horizontal. Transform. And I'll form the head? Wait, put it I'll be the left foot. Can I be the big toe? No, no. you, you got to be one of the arms to paint with. Jesus, Kathy. <laughs> We're not painting I, with the foot. I paint with my toes, man. Um, uh, okay. I mean, it looks as good as your normal stuff. That's all good. Ooh, need to flip that. Coming in from the wrong direction. That's weird. That camera went away and flipped out. Oh, dang it. I don't know. I like you on the ceiling. You're gonzo the weird. That seems perfect. It does. It really does. I'll keep my face cam upside down just for y'all. <laughs> just okay. for our amusement. Just for your amusement. Um, did stream stop for anyone else? It did not stop for me, Legionnaires. Maybe refresh? No, apparently the internet's gotten over. Banyan getting home and everything's working okay now. Knock on wood-like object. <laughs> now, while we're waiting for Gonzo, I'm going to show off my giant head. Do you have a giant head? Ooh. I mean, it's Modoc. Oh, Modoc. Uh, giant head. Ooh. Uh, it's almost done, Kathy. You need to do a little more highlights with uh, light turquoise over the turquoise and then finish up his hair and then we're going to call him fucking done. If you were a little further away from the screen and you held him up as close as you did, his head would be the same size as your head. Ooh. That's as far as I can go. I feel like you need to, to cut out his head. Like... <laughs> so you need to get a background and where his face fills yeah. in with my face instead. <laughs> I'm sure people could do that. Hey, Banyan. Hey, Banyan. Oh, they've already felt your presence, Banyan. You got home and my internet went squicky. Squicky? Squicky. squicky. Technical term. Oh, it's technical. It's like a, I didn't hear yeah, yeah. It's, it's regional. It's a colloquialism. Not your fault. Not my fault. Not my definition. It's not it's my fault. fault. If everything Never. else in the universe has been a constant, then you're the only thing to change. I'm just saying. Oh. But, so, right. Kate oh. Banyan, I was siding with you. Liar. <laughs> big, big lie. This is magnetic personality. Sure. It is. Yep, the magnetic personality. Let's go with that. All right. Uh, so we're gonna talk about quitting. Um. So this week, okay. This week has been pretty rough on me. Um. Of course, I haven't done. Can't do a lot of socializing. Can't. You know. I can't get motivated. We talked about this earlier uh, on the pre-ramble about doing and getting a routine. I haven't been doing a routine. Um, been going to bed at like four o'clock in the morning, getting up at like six o'clock in the morning, you know, and just have not been doing good. I, you know, I, we, I did have my campaign of my Lord of the Rings. Now we had to stop because, uh, one week we had to stop because one of the guys was going to Disney with his daughter. No problem. Um, and then we were supposed to go to that one, but then, uh, somebody's spouse possibly could have had, you know, a virus. So we're like, okay, we're going to stop where you take care of yourself, you know, and then we'll get back to it. Um, and then, 
um, spring break happened and I was like, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to do, you know, spring break, relax, chill out, hang with some, you know, people and, you know, be safe. And then uh, I says, okay, I need to get back into the game. So I picked up my uh, book again and started reading and going over the rules and was just getting very frustrated with myself and very frustrated to the point that I was like, fuck this. Um, was not happy with myself, was not happy with where it was going, um, was not happy about how things were happening. I felt very down on myself. Um, and I know nobody's, you know, upset with me. We've all had, you know, things going on. So it's not like I was, you know, doing anything. I even, Miz even asked, you know, hey, when are we getting back? And I was like, I need to think about that. And I, you know, come to realization that one, I didn't enjoy it uh, because I'm having a hard time adjusting to this new schedule stuff because I'm supposed to be in school right now teaching. And I needed a change of pace. And so um, I messaged everybody and it was like, hey, I, I know I've screwed up and, you know, I haven't, you know, kept on it as I should have and I should have um, but I don't want to run the uh, Lord of the Rings game anymore and of course everybody has been perfectly fine nobody's upset with me nobody's you know whatever and I says I think I just want to do something simple um, Lord of the Rings or the one ring I should say uh, can be a pretty complicated game there's a lot to it um, there's a lot of different things going on um, a lot of different things you have to do, so on and so forth. And I was just like, I don't have the energy. Um, physically, emotionally, whatever. Uh, the This crap is kind of draining on me. Don't get me wrong. I can sit home and play video games all day. I'm just going to have a shitty attitude with some people whenever I, you know, you talk to me. And, you know, some people asking, you know, you know, go out and do something. Well, I did. I went out and did something, but... I want my norm back. And I know I can't have my norm back. So I was like, all right, so what can I do? So I thought about it and I was like, you know, I could run something simple and easy. Concentrate on the story, concentrate on the game, and not concentrate on the mechanics type thing. Um, so I canceled the campaign. I says, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not happy with it. I'm not into it. It's, you know, draining on me, so on and so forth. Um, of course, everybody in, in, in the group, no one's, you know, giving me shit about it or causing any problems, which is, you know, what I expect of my friends. They're like, hey, if you don't, you know, want to do it, we're not going to force you to do it, you know, but, you know, you are offering to do something else, so even cooler um, and something different. Uh, so we're deciding on doing like some third edition or fifth edition D&D. So a little less complicated. But, you know, still I can run something. So I spent some time trying to figure out what I want to run. But doing that got me in my head and I was like, you know, we shouldn't force ourselves to do something we don't want to do if we don't want to do it. And so I was going to ask something I was going to bring up on the podcast today. Because sometimes there's things that we want to do or sometimes we have things that people want us to do. And we just can't do it. Now I'm talking about not talking about work and all that stuff because there's 
time and a place, but I know there's plenty of times when I was like, hey, can you run this journeyman league? And I'm just like, fucking hey. Yes, I'll run this journeyman league. Even though I really don't want to, I did it anyway because, you know, you do that. But right now, I don't think I could do something I don't that I'm not really into. You know what I'm saying? Well, we'll know what you're saying, but there there's two sides to every coin. Correct. And while I totally understand and support what you're going through, on the other hand, sometimes you have to just do it. It's a mental block, and getting into it, you'll find that it's not not as bad as you feared. You know, not working. You know, not doing poorly like you thought it might. It's actually fine. Sometimes we were on our own worst enemies of imagined problems and imagined uh, uh, mistakes that uh, that bug us when really they're not a thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't. I could, if I wanted to, really power through this, but I was like, I don't have the energy for it right now, and I still want to do something, but I just do something a little bit less relaxed. Um, and we had taken such a long break that I was getting kind of worried on it. So I yeah. was like, uh, I think, I think I just want to do something a little bit simpler, guys. And so well, we figured out which exactly what it should be. Yes. You know, you, sometimes if it's if it's too much, it's not what you want to do, especially if it's hobby related more so than anything else in your life. If it's hobby related, if you're not enjoying it, you should think real hard whether or not you have to do it. Yeah. Well, and there's those times where you you think something's going to be fun. And then you, you go ahead and make the old college try, you know. You try it out, and you realize it's, it's really not as, not as fun <laughs> as you thought it was going to be, you know. There's also the matter of expectations. You can go into something expecting one thing, not getting that. And that can sour you and send you in a whole wrong direction. Everything in life can be like that. Uh, so it's sort of a weird thing where you need to manage your expectations. And you have to do it the right way, too. Like, it's easy to say, I'm not going to get excited about this in case it's bad. But it also means you're not going to enjoy it as much if it's good, when it's good. You need to find that, that ground where you can go like, okay, I think this is going to be cool, but let me be ready in case it's not as cool. It's just... There's really a hell of a mindset to it. There's a lot of, if you will, Zen sort of thought to that. You need to you need to be ready with roll to roll with the punches. Yeah. Like the I've done I've I've been to so many different conventions and had a blast at a ton of them. But when I have one where we've done similar things and I've really enjoyed it for a few years, and then I get to really looking forward to those particular things the next year and none of them happen and you go away thinking well what the hell that yeah, that really sucked I, it was, yeah. yeah so that sort of evolved into me having no expectations going into a convention going anything could happen i just know that there's all these people i'm looking forward to seeing and uh We'll just let it go at that. It's it's always now fly by the seat of my pants, and I almost never or keep very minimal plans. Almost never make plans for a convention anymore. Yeah, that's what surprised me when you see people going to you know some convention, whatever it may be, Adepticon, Gen Con, whatever, 
and they've got this whole giant schedule of what they're doing. I'm like, dude, you are setting yourself up for disappointment because something's not going to go the way you want, and then you're just going to go, you need to spend time just savoring the experience sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between setting your expectation, like, um, or not expectation, setting a schedule, like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, X, Y, and Z are the tournaments I'm going to be playing, so I you know, definitely have that. But, you know, there's so many times I've gone to a convention and like, oh, we need to get together and go have dinner. Yeah, that would be awesome. Never happens. Never. Hardly ever. Yeah. Have I actually gone and had dinner with the people who who said, hey, let's go have dinner and, and want to make plans. And I put it in my calendar and, you know, but by the time the convention starts, they're... They're off doing other stuff because at a convention, all your plans are fluid. They should all be fluid. Unless yeah. you got something you really got to do. Like if Kathy's got to be at Fort Wapple for something, then that's something you got to do. You know, but you, you're, otherwise you should be keeping your plans. I'm not saying you can't go like, oh, I think we should try and get dinner together. That sounds great. But don't be like, we're yeah. absolutely having dinner. Just try. Be like, hey, it's dinner time. What are you guys doing? Oh, you're something else? Okay, cool. We'll we'll, we'll try some other time. It, it, you have to kind of approach non-tournament parts of your convention. Absolutely. Uh, a lot more, uh, maybe, what's the word I'm thinking? Spontaneous than sometimes Spontane. you like to. <laughs> Almost lackadaisically. Yeah. And and every convention ever since I kind of made that sort of mental shift has, has been amazing, you know? And you can apply that to what you do in normal life. Because I know people who are like, I'm going to go do, you know, just in my normal life, I'm going to role play on Monday here. And I'm going to go here for game night Tuesday. Wednesday, I'll do some stuff at home. And then Thursday, I do this. Friday, they have this whole big schedule. And they're just like, like, you can't do that. You're going to burn yourself out. It's possible to burn yourself out on fun. You know, to the point where you're like, I'm not having fun anymore because it's just too much. You didn't get that chill time. Chill time is important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know I need the downtime. You know, yeah. and after a big convention of, of going out and being with people and everything, I need like an entire day of, I call it my convention detox. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, and like what Gonzo said about the events and all, locally, if you're running them, you have to sort of prioritize. Like, if you're getting burned out, maybe you see, hey, can my number, can your number one handle it for a week while you take a chill? Uh, if not, you know, maybe you just got to push through that. Maybe you got to push something else to the side. I mean, it's life becomes a series of hard decisions, unfortunately. Well, that is life. So at some point you got to make the decision. Like if I had to choose between, you know, role playing with my buddies and finishing up an event, I promised for the store. I'm, I mean, I have to finish the event. I promised. That's not my ideal thing. But on the other hand, I also was taught long ago that role playing is sort of a uh, commitment to the group also, especially if you're running it. That's sort of how my crew was, so, you know, it's sort of my formative time. So I try and do all of it. And you, you can try and do everything. Sometimes you can do everything, but often you can't. So you just got to start prioritizing what's got to get done and what can be okay. Oh, and yeah, that head fits ad. on there really weird. It doesn't even want to fit, period. That, that, there's just a tiny little divot on it. There's... Unlike most of the other things where you actually have a groove or a slot or something, 
It's just this sort of flattish sort of thing. It didn't help that when I cut her head off the sprue, I basically chopped the bottom of her jaw off <laughs> with my clippers. So that made it extra special. Oh, he's going to the uh, Insta set. This is going to end well. Let's see if I can On do his it. finger. I'm still shocked at using super glue, folks. I would use uh, plastic glue. Uh, mine worked great with super glue. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but plastic glue works in certain cases a lot better. I but have the not plastic found... glue might have been the thing for the head, but for the most part, after only a few seconds, did it, you know, did it stick just as well as my plastic glue ever has? I was surprised. Well, I like plastic glue because it sits. It sticks pretty well quickly, but it still has a little bit of uh, flexibility. When you use the instant set like that and put that on, you're done. What what plastic glue are you using? Because and, and exactly, give me the exact brand you're using. It is Model Masters Liquid Cement for plastic models. See, that's that's what I tried using. I did a test on the sprue parts to see if it would work. Although you know what? Now that I think of it, mine is testers. See, my testers is not working. I tried yeah, testers, my testers and it didn't, didn't work. work. For shit. And so I was like, well, screw that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I misspoke last time using a tester. I thought the testers, this is Model Masters. This is the gold standard. Yeah. This is what all the GW phone hey, guys use. Will you, will you for send that to me in chat, in, uh, in our chat, please, so I can make sure and go get that? Because I have tried every plastic glue I can think of, and I, I'm sure I haven't tried that one. And nothing works the plastic wise with these and i've just been annoyed and i'm like uh for the most part everything sets pretty decently oh yeah but like that headpiece yeah fuck that and honestly if it wasn't for the fact that i also do uh, uh malifo i probably wouldn't bother because there's not enough parts like that for uh uh for uh marble crisis protocol that would require it but uh for 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 Malavo, you you fucking need it. Let me see if I can find your product number even. So that arm you're gluing on there, in order to get her other arm, and the spear, to all line up with that arm, I had to rip that arm off like four or five times. Yeah, I'm gonna get one on correctly and then go with the rest of it. It was, it was oh my god, so painful. Ah. Uh. So it's like, uh, wow. Um, I'm actually, it's funny that I think, uh, yeah, Legionnaires beat me too. Product number, <laughs> excellent work, Legionnaires. <laughs> I'll post that all in there. Apparently, Send it uses to me in my it, chat. It's there. Okay. It's good stuff. I mean, I use it for just about anything plastic. Though, I would say for a lot of these models, guys, contemplate using super glue to put them on the bases. That's the only part where it's been a little bit wonky. Especially since some yeah, of them definitely. still have, like, tread on their foot. Yeah, I don't understand that, but... Yeah, yeah. like, the Captain America popped off. Um, I had, like, one or two other models pop off. I think it was Black Widow, but she has a very small footprint, if you will. So, uh, you know, but they're easily fixed afterwards. Yeah, so Ford Finish says that he also thinks the testers Model Master Plastic was better than the regular testers. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's the gold standard. It's what we always used at Games Workshop, at least uh, those of us on the phones. Uh, we would buy it in bulk 
from the local, you know, hobby store, hobby works or whatever. I think it was hobby works. We just get a big case of it and just pass it out amongst us. Everybody pitch in for a case. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's what you do it. Makes it easier for them to, if they if they don't hold it if they don't take it in stock all the time. Makes it easier for them to get it in stock. It lasts fine. It comes with all the stuff to clean out the little uh, tip at the end, and the tip is metal, so you ger- ger- very rarely have a problem. Fire would work too. I've seen people use a lighter to clear out the tip, but they don't let me have fire for obvious reasons. So <laughs> I. So, but yeah, it definitely comes with everything you need. It's good. So, anyways, uh, back to the topic, if you will. Good. You know us, uh, we always divert every so often. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, so, you know, it, it's okay to quit on things. It's, you know, it, but you need to be careful what you're, you're quitting on. You need to go in with full confidence of what's going on because at the end of the day, there are consequences to actions. So. Well, when I, when I, <coughs> was also worried about telling the the peoples this. I was like, oh, crap. Oh, that head didn't even stay glued, even with the Insta-set. Shithead. <laughs> Shithead. I see what you did there. Yep. Scrape it all off. Scrape it all off. Yeah, at this point, I'd fucking pin it. Uh, I'm not going to pin it. I'd be like, <laughs> pin, done. Bob's your uncle. I'll just wait on it for a minute. Um, but yeah, you are assembling that pretty quick. I usually go a little slower, but yeah. yeah. Yep. And, you know, and I was worried about you know what they would think or if maybe they would want to play something else or whatever. And it, it's and there's nothing wrong. I wouldn't have been upset with anybody if they would have said you know hey, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I'm like okay, I, I'm not. I don't blame you. So on and so forth. But, I mean, everybody I play with is real super chill and such. So, I mean, no big deal. Um, we are and I will say something time. about that and that's important to note. And it's going to sound kind of weird to everyone. But if it's a case of your mental health, don't care what anyone else thinks. It's your mental health. They don't live in your body. They don't know what state you're at. Just tell them that it's something you got to do. And your friends will understand every time. And if they don't, fuck them. Maybe they're not your friends. Yeah. Just saying, you know, no, no rudeness to anyone or anything. But my friends have always backed me at any time. If it's a mental health thing, they will totally understand. Like, okay, he needs this because he's not feeling it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, everybody was really chill. Uh, we decided to play on something different. Do a three point five. I've been I've been meaning to try three point five again. I mean, it's old. You know, it's D and D. Um, you mean 3.5 or 5th? 5th, uh, sorry. 5th um, edition. <laughs> Just curious, because one of those I'd play, another one not so much. Yeah, 5th uh, edition. Um, and so I, I, I was like, I can do a 5th edition game. Um, I, I know the rules well enough. Ooh, hits it well enough. That I'm not too worried about it. Um, and they were like, yeah. So I was like, um... What system do we want to? What campaign system do we want? Is there a world we want to try, or is there a world we want to do? And I was like, the only thing I ask is, you know, I was like, and y'all may have, you know, and Becca, you know, runs a game store, so she knows all the products that come out. And I was like, you know, is there a world system that everybody likes or wants to try, and such? And there's a bunch of different ones thrown out, and I 
looked through all of them and went through a bunch of different ones. And I was like, I want someone that's high fantasy and because I want, you know, I, I want to see fireballs thrown around. I want to see, you know, shit like that. And um, we, we did settle on something with a little caveat on part of it um, because um, I don't like gear forged type things. Um, I'm just like, nah. Gear forge? Um, <laughs> robot in a fantasy setting. Oh. I believe those are called golems, sir, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just something but I was like. Each their own. Yeah. Uh, I will also say. We're calling in them robots. 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 Yep. Um, We're calling them robots in our Xenolos project group. I will say in the situation Gonzo's in, if you need to come in and you're like, "We're gonna do something else because I'm not feeling the other game," don't just throw it out there. What do I play? Gonzo is very generous for doing that. Play what you want to run, because yeah. that's the whole thing. That's gonna make you want to run it more. Play what you want to run. Correct, and that's that's what I said. I was like, I, I'm looking for a high fantasy setting. I said I don't want to do Forgotten Realms. I mean, we're going so, to do 3.5. Because... said high, not ultra high. You don't want to trip over Archmagi or anything like that. <laughs> but I said I wanted high fantasy. I didn't want, like, Game of Thrones type. Um, I didn't want any sci-fi or modern. I wanted, you know, just basic fantasy world with, you know, spellcasting, wizard, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, magical weapons, etc., etc. Uh, went through a bunch of different ones. Uh, a bunch of new stuff. Uh, things I haven't even heard before. And I was like, okay, no, no. Uh, there's like a really big kick right now of doing like Savage World stuff like uh, Conan the Barbarian. That's like really hot mm-hmm. right now. Um, Talk about low fantasy, good lord. Yeah, there's, there was a lot of um, things that I was looking up of the 5th edition campaign worlds. And a lot of them were different um, takes on like a Conan type, type world. And I was like... No, I don't want that. Uh, I've actually been Jones for his fantasy, but if I do fantasy, it's not going to be D&D. No offense to D&D. Um, I want a game that's better at portraying... God, this sounds terrible. That's better at portraying actual fantasy. You know, D&D is its own genre of fantasy, and that's fine. Love D&D books, you know, read the crap out of a ton of them. Kind of like it at a, to an area, but... Uh, after my 4E expeditions, I've become um, a little negative on the required equipment bullshit. When you get an epic story like, you know, Lord of the Rings or something like that, you don't see them just going, oh, I need to throw into the sword I've been using since we started because this new sword just a little bit better. That kind of shit really bothers me. You know, I want weapons that are weapons. Uh, I may have told you guys this. I had a reskin of 4th edition where... All of the bonuses you were expected to get because you're supposed to have plus one of this by this level and plus two by this level, etc. I just rolled that into. Rolled that in. Uh oh. Uh oh. John, John, come back to us. John is gone. He rolled into the time. Um, but well, while we're waiting for John to come back, um, oh, my- 
Fucker. Oh, there you are. Wait, he's. I went through my entire spiel, and I'm sure I dropped them. Where did I leave off? Um, you didn't want fourth edition because you didn't want like, oh, this sword's a little bit better than this sword type thing. Well, I didn't want I didn't want D and D because of that. Yeah. Nothing to do with fourth edition. I did a fourth edition game. I said where I took all the bonuses you were expected to have, rolled them into your character, so you would never be behind because you didn't find a magic thing, and then gave them items that just did stuff. And then if you got a plus one to hit sword, that's plus one to hit outside the curve, so it fucking means something. Gotcha. Right. If you get a plus one sword because you need to have one at that level, the math's in the system. It doesn't fucking mean anything. That makes it pointless. But if you get, you know, the Disorder of the Ancestors and it gives you plus one to hit, you're like, holy shit, I got plus one to hit. That's above and beyond. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you, still you waiting for a something. sword period in my uh, in my Monday night game. I mean, I'm, a, I'm just a sorcerer, so I don't actually get to use a sword. I mean, I could use a sword, but I'm... Actually, I do have a sword now that I think of it. The last uh, adventure, I got a... A pretty pretty rainbow sword. Pretty see, I like swords that have like a name, even if you just make the name up. Like my one of the guys in my game, Jason, used to he uh, uh Jason and Chris, they would just call their weapons whatever. Like the one had you know sword of much badassness. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds awesome. And so the whole time, and I the found only... out it's like plus one plus three versus reptiles. I'm like, that's not that call it badass, but it sounded badass. The only thing about this sword that that detects his magic is the uh, the magic that makes it look like a pretty pretty rainbow glitter sword. That's it. Sometimes it's <laughs> enough. It gives you panache. So of course I'm going to use it, even though I suck at using swords because I'm a sorcerer. Well, I had uh, done something in our four E game when we were playing it, where uh, early in the first adventure, doing a prepaid adventures, there's a sword with a name. I forget the name of it. So I'm like, I'm using swords, cool. So I got a sword with a name. That is the most awesome thing. It's got a name, it's got a history. Isn't that awesome? It wasn't awesome, but I found the rules for disenchanting and re-enchanting stuff. So I'm like, now I know what I'm going to do. So literally, I took the sword, and I would take the enchantment off of it, and then re-enchant it with the enchantment from another weapon. So I'm still using the same sword, it's just better. Uh, you so might like Earthbound, then. Earthdawn? Eh. Earthon is a, is a high fantasy, um, and more might like not D and D. I mean, I'm sorry, D and D is just it, yeah. it is what it is. It is great for what it does, but yeah, what it's done not always what I want. Um, Earthon magic items mean something in the game. They're not just like oh, I'm gonna pick it up and well, I guess we can get a plus one. No, like a, a lot of magic items, which are called threaded items, um, and you have to do combine your soul essence into it type thing and you your weapons can gain levels um and you sometimes you can just you just spend xp to do it sometimes there's a deed associated with it but you have to research something you have to research to do and get you know the 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 knowledge to do it earthbound sounds like it'd be right up your right up your alley on that because it's got um and, and it's got like your your mundane smaller stuff that have like two or three levels and then you've got like what I consider what are artifacts that have like 15 levels to do. And like, I always remember there was this one bow that I always wanted to get for my archer. Um, but of course it just, you know, doesn't always just happen because you want it. Um, 
But like one of the things you had to do is once you got to a certain level, you had to give the bow to your worst enemy and they had to go perform a, a deed with it. And then once they were done with the deed, if they gave it back to you after you, you know, gave it to them and they had to give it back to you willingly, it became like even more powerful. And, you know, there was all this really cool, uh, Arton has some really cool stuff for magic items. Um, See, and it is very, very way too far in the other direction. <laughs> well, not, like I said, not all of them. Those are like it's like an artifact yeah. one. Still, there's a middle ground between the two of those, which would be cool. Yeah, but I guess not all of them are like that. Um, but I mean, Earthon is very magic means something in the world. It's not just you know, oh, I've got this plus one sword and now I hit well, you know, plus one better. Um, Everything. I'll send you a copy of my Earth Dawn for you. You can peruse it, since you know you're just you know you said you can't go play games anymore. You just sit yeah, at home because I've got time <laughs> to just read another role playing game. Yeah, um, I'm reading through all of the the fine details of uh, Genesis for Christ's sakes. Of Genesis. Yeah. But yeah, I just want something more than that. You know, I, I guess I was spoiled by my first uh, introduction to Dungeons & Dragons, where the characters all had very unique and impressive magic items. And then it was never like that again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You want... And, and it's something the DM can do, that you want to be able to have them feel like they're important. But not make it so everybody is, you know, the god walking around. But you want people to feel like their characters are powerful and their characters are unique and can do a lot of cool things. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they did all really cool things that, you know, actually Dungeon Master gave them to them all. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, yeah. which was my first introduction to Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, but tell me, that's not cool. No, 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 no problem that with that. That was cool. Really I cool. own the you entire mean, series. I mean, yeah, so do I. I'm not sure I'm going to watch it again because I know it's not going to hold up as well. But that's sort of the thing. And we've gotten pretty far into role-playing, so sorry, guys. But That's fine. That's... The sort of thing is you have to make sure that, you know, you're doing what you want to do with it. Role-playing especially, more than miniatures games, it's easy to play a one-off and suck it up for your buddy. Okay, it's hard so speaking of role playing games and quitting, what about when you have a character that you're playing and you just don't want to play it? You like you hate it. You just wish it would die. Your GM is like, no, no, you have to play that until it dies. You have to live out its natural life, and everything you're doing is geared towards trying to get it killed so that you don't have to play it anymore because they won't let you just stop and change characters. That's... Okay, well, that that's a DM problem, yeah. and you need to take the DM, have a long talk with them. If they don't agree with you still, smack them across the face. They still agree with you, and either you suck it up and ro go along with it, or you tell them, well, then I'm not playing. Yeah. Yeah, there's... It, it, especially if something's... I was going to say, especially if you, oh, I'm just going to use you as an example, Kathy. Say your That's character, fine. and you're, you're playing your character, and you're like, hey, this really isn't working the way I thought it was. I thought the character would be a bit different. The class isn't as cool. I'm not having fun with them. I'm like, okay, how do you want a character to die? Or do you want them just yeah. to walk away? You know, just they just like, retire to a village somewhere. And that's perfectly fine. I was like, yeah. 
have I, you know, I, I would work with you to figure out what you'd want to do. Like, hey, do you want him to die cool? Do you want him to die? Do you want him to just, you know, go on his way or her way and just, you know, fade into the sunset go, or go back to Mars? <laughs> but, but yeah, I would have because I was like, I was like, well, what do you want to play? What are you looking for? What do you, well, yeah, you know, the... what, what, what's, what's your goal in this, I guess you could say? Yeah, that's the core of it is you got to figure out what part of the character they don't like also because A, you don't make the same mistake and B, it may be salvageable. If they just need to change details on the character, then just fucking change the details. Who cares? Yeah. There is no role-playing game in existence that's so serious that you can't change the character for the player's enjoyment. And if your game is so serious you cannot change the character for the player's enjoyment, who are you running the game for? Is it for your players or is it for yourself? Hey, Ryzen. For yeah. yourself, there's an easy way to do it. It's called write some fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing. <laughs> there's nothing, like, if you were to come to me and say, hey, I thought this spellcaster was going to be a bit more powerful. I can't really do much, you know, whatever. So it's like, okay, well, let's see if we need to change up, like, your spell list. You know, do you want to change up your different spells? Um, and we can work it into a story, too. You can make it, you know, into a story where you're trying to find, you know, a new wizard to teach you something else. Uh but if you're just like, I really don't like a spellcaster. They're not as cool as I thought they were. I'm having a hard time with them. I want to play like a bard or or something different. I'm like, okay, no big deal. And work with you on it. There's no reason to punish a player and have them, you know, live out the life of their character. Uh, I'm sorry. There, there's no need for that. Um, if I was the player... I would either A, not play, or B, I would suicide the character. It, it just depends. But I, as a GM, I would never force someone to play something they don't like playing. So no. I, haven't, I haven't had that experience happen to me, but I know enough other people who've had that happen with them. You know, and, oh, and yeah. it kind of is the same thing. I'm like, your, your GM's kind of a dick. Yeah. I, I, would, you know? I would say that too. Like, why would they do that to you? Why would they not just let you? I mean, I've there's a couple of characters in my life that I've just retired to somewhere. Yeah. You know, my GMs were fine with it. But I also realized that the reason why those were characters that I wasn't having fun with is because when I need them, they were much too close to who I actually am. And... I need to play something that's really completely the opposite of who I am for it to be fun. And, and it just, you know, just to, just to get out there and, and be completely, completely and utterly different. But that's a, that's a role playing game for me. That's why I go, I, I play them to escape, you know, reality and, you know, why not be a barbarian?
Captain Minzy says I can't I can't hear you. Can everybody else hear us? <clears throat> no, it's not her. I mean, I Captain dropped. I know I dropped. That is weird. Can you guys? That's that's really all that matters, I guess. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear Kathy on the stream. That's it. Well, that's really. Oh, hold on. How about my mic now? How about you? How about you talk while you say that? I did. Yeah. You need to keep talking so people keep can talking. Know. Okay, now they can hear me. John? Yes, now. Legionnaire says yes, now. I don't know. How about I'm... me? Can anyone hear me? Okay. And Captain Mizzy hears John, so yes, okay. we're back. Oh, that's weird. Good. Okay. And then they'll Hello. be like, but now I can't hear Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> typical us. With all those problems, Banyan's off the hook. It's obviously not his fault this time. <laughs> this, uh... this time. I'm just glad I wasn't in the middle of a rant, because that's when it normally decides to shut off when I'm yeah. in the middle of a rant. Um, but I agree with you, Kathy. I mean, if if someone says no, they you know don't want to play this, and the GM's like, no, you have to live it up. I quit. Uh, honestly, yeah. I would. Mm -hmm. I would yeah, quit. It's, it, that's yeah. That's ridiculous. take your ball and go home. Yeah. Um, it's mutual. We all have to be having fun, or there's no point in doing the role playing game. Exactly. So. Banyan said he's a big uh, character. He's a uh, guilty of character switching. He is, but. If he's the main point of a campaign, he will stay until we work his character out. And I've never had a player balk at the thing of, well, let's work it out so that you're no longer the main or the lead or the alpha or what have you, so that we can make sure everything works properly. Uh, what was it? Uh, Ryzen says, how do I like these clippers from GW? I hate them. Uh, I need to get a new pair. One, the spring broke in them so they don't snap back and... The place that you can cut on them, the, it's too wide. There's only a small portion. I need to buy a new pair of clippers. These are old GW. And by old, I mean I got them. Hold on. Are they the. Oh, those Last are. Century. Not even as old as mine. I have the yellow handled ones. Oh, Wait. yeah. These are older than the yellow handles, Kathy. Are they? These are way back when they used to get all their stuff from Eurotool. Okay. I bought these uh, in 95 ish, 96, something like that. That's some uh, old clippers there. Well done, John. They work really well. I mean, I've had people who have the same pair and they break. They do suffer from wear and tear, but they're still pretty sharp. They're they're still legit as shit. Nice. Not like the trash guns I was holding that actually even looks trashy. Yeah, yeah it's not bueno. Um, if anyone needs help with uh, clipper things, I talked to my buddy who is a jeweler. And he gave me some ideas of what to look for and all for clippers. Because if you're just looking for some solid clippers, um, uh, Redgrass Games, who makes a very cool wet palette, the one I have and haven't broken out yet, um, make clippers that he says are they're pretty solid. You may need more if you really, really care. But if you don't care, they're plenty good. Uh, and they're a good company. Good to support a company that's doing a lot of hobby stuff. Otherwise, he shared me some links, and I'm perfectly happy to share links with anyone else of some clippers. That'd be pretty good for people. Nice. Now these, these I used to like Gonzo has for heavy work, like like he's doing now. 
I would put down the the good clippers and get those monsters out and you know clip on the sprue parts that aren't meant to be clipped just to get them out. Oh, hey, Crimson. Crimson says the answer is God hands. I don't even know what that means. Um, God is dead and we have his hammer? Hands. We have his hands, apparently. That... Sorry, Kathy, that is a uh, callback to my role-playing game that uh, maybe Brad will get and maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, for those at home, that's from the Feng Shui role-playing game back when they still had the Architects of the Flesh in the Future Junction. They had a giant pistol called the God Hammer. And as they said, God is dead and we have his hammer because, you know, they're very, very uh, fascist. So, there you go. Ford oh. says, try the Mr. Hobby Gundam sprue clippers. Oh, I mean, getting well-priced. And I'm sure if they're made for Gundams, they're good. Yeah. And guys, I wanted to mention this earlier. Is your knife actually sharp? Mine? No. It it, it doesn't look like it's sharp at all. You oh, should it is. That shit. It is. I'm just being very careful so I don't gouge. Well, you know what? There's a tool for that. Right, you know. Back up. But I've got like really, really those clippers. Those clippers do suck. File like a file. I was actually going to say a seam scraper. Do you know what I like? Do you know what I like too? Is uh, wood carving tools. They're not as sharp as your hobby knife blades. So, you know, if you hit yourself in the thumb gently, you're not going to slice into it like you would with a hobby blade. I, I like the seam scraper because it's just hardened steel. And there's no blade upon it, but it is, you know, it's still hard to steal. It's still going to do a good job. It's not really going to gouge. It's just going to take off what it can. Though, don't stab yourself because it is pointy AF and it will hurt. <laughs> like, if I had Most to. Most things will. Should I say this online? If I had to defend myself with a hobby tool, this is high on the list. <laughs> <laughs> he ties it to the end of his six foot uh, stick. Uh, well, no, if I need a six-foot stick, I'm just going to put the bayonet on my rifle because then I have a spear. Eh, well, it's not as funny as using your hobby tool, but okay. The hobby tool's actually probably pointier. I'm not going to lie. The thing goes down to a really fine point. I've used it to, like, you know, start uh, the uh, the hole for uh, for a pin vice or something like that. It is, it's a good tool. I uh, swear by it, unlike other tools, just to swear at. This braid sucks, by the way. I mean, you'll be okay. The braid? Oh, yes. It was still not as painful to me as, as attaching the spear to the uh, to the hands. See, I got that in one go. All I gotta say is that doesn't look like Jan Lowe's beard, so you'll be okay. No, it's more like the braid from uh, the, what was it, the orphan, the student, the one from the uh, Hired Swords box. The Student of Conflict? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Only that, that braid came in two extra parts instead of just one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was not pleasing either. Actually, I kind of want to get the new Student of Conflict who has... Two pigtails and swords, you know. I don't need the rest what? of the box, but she's pretty cool. 
I want that as my character for D&D. With two swords? Um, why not? She's got the ra- the pretty, pretty rainbow glitter sword. Oh my god, you gotta paint the pretty, pretty rainbow glitter sword? Uh-huh. And she's 11, so... Oh, they... <laughs> oh god, that, um... I might be a perfect model for you, Kathy. That's what I'm uh, thinking. I don't know if anyone cares, but I think at least through the end of the day, I think Word Games is going to have their, still having their uh, sale for uh, Easter. Oh, cool. Um, uh, they're, the only big thing is, I don't know, who cares about that stuff? Oh, but no. The, the SEO. Oh, good. The Superstorm is about ta- here. Time to turn off the computer. Hey, good night, Legionnaires. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, good night. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of storms. We're going to have some problems tomorrow, but. Um, for the weird store, uh, the big one is the the uh, Through the Breach uh, Hannah model, which has never been available aside from the Kickstarter of Through the Breach. Oh, cool. And it's a really cool model. People have been looking for it. The only real problem, and it's a real problem, is you're going to have to spend $300 to get it. Ooh. It's free with $300. Okay. But. So free with purchase of $300. With purchase $300. You're also at that point going to get like three of the uh, old avatars to boot. So you're going to get a bunch of models with it, but it, no, I don't want anyone to think it's cheap. It's just it's a really cool model. I have one. I like it very much. And I just sent you a link to, uh, you should see the model, the kit there. Unfortunately, it's got three models in it, but I think uh, the one would be exactly what you're looking for. Ooh, it's 8.02. It is 8.02. Oh my gosh, it's time for the media section. Media! <laughs> Kathy's uh, camera is messed up on this one. I Kathy's mean, camera has been a little herky-jerky on uh, on this stream, but I'm actually blaming you and not mine's me. Mine's still frozen, so I'm not really going to worry yeah. about it. Yeah, you got that smug look. We're just going to leave it at that. And then Gonzo's is upside down. I love it. Yeah. I love it's this. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so for the media section, we do have a big one, and we'll be at the end, and it will be a spoiled um version of picard uh right now uh we finished picard up this i finished up this week and john <laughs> finished it last week uh, but so you throw that way around pretty uh pretty freely yeah so uh, we will do a spoiler version of that so just be careful we'll give a go- good fair warning though we'll give plenty of fair warning um, give me one second. I'm going to get to my list. Damn, see what I've got. I think I've got like four things, but one of them we and you will talk about together. Uh, I've got kind of two things to talk about. I can yeah, throw in some other if we need time, but we generally that's, don't. That's really perfect, John. That I know, awesome. isn't it? Oh my god. I could easily take the other sword and make it into a staff. And then she would have her staff, and she would have her pretty, pretty rainbow glitter sword. That's perfect. <laughs> so, um, Kathy, do you have anything to talk about this week? Uh, no. No? No. I didn't actually watch much of anything, really, except for Twitch. I watched other people's Twitch stuff. Do you want to give a <laughs> shout-out to anything particularly awesome on Twitch? Uh... The Pyro Club plays D&D on Friday nights, and that's a lot of fun. That's uh, 
Zeltaris, and he also runs the Xenolus Project, which is the one that I play in. That's his homebrew world. And uh, that one is a floating uh, game. And it's not always the same people that are in it. Wow, that camera thing is really... It just zoomed in. It's like completely... Perfectly right now. Mine frozen, Gonzo's upside down, and yours is zoomed in weird on that. Yeah, that's dog. not that. Why is it zoomed in? And now I'm covering up frozen John. Yeah. That's, that's just very peculiar. I tried to unfreeze, but it didn't unfreeze. But yeah. so it is. So, um... so, yeah, the D&D stuff is the stuff that, that I've been watching that's been a lot of fun. Uh, Nightheart Games also does a, a streaming D and D on Twitch, and and they're a lot of fun too. So awesome. Um, I'll go for a real quick one. Okay. Um, since it is, this is just for him. Uh, a new season of Nailed It was on Netflix. For people who don't know, Nailed It is a baking competition where they take amateur bakers and make them try to perform complex baking experiments, you know, creating elaborate cakes or elaborate cookies and so on and so forth, but giving them very little time to do it in. Um, it, it, it's a pretty funny baking show. Um, you can tell that, you know, they just can't do it. Uh, and, you know, they shorten the time on purpose because, you know, well, it's not funny if you give them all the time in the world to do it. Um... This so season, manufactured reality TV. Uh, sort of. Uh, the people that are competing really don't know how to bake very well to begin with, except for there was one person that on there was a I don't want to call him a cheater, but uh, they could actually bake and so had. They were not a uh, not a professional. They weren't a professional, but they knew how to bake and had some pretty elaborate stuff that they did. Um, but. They do give them less time than would be normal for you know a baking competition of making something that cool. Um, nothing wrong with this season. Nothing wrong at all. Uh, maybe a one space herpes. It's kind of just mindless little fun. Um, they're not like you know you can't dog on acting or anything like that. The the host and everybody else are good and they're fun. They they've got some things. But I mean if you're Competitive, silly baking competitions aren't your thing. You're not going to watch it. Uh, but it was it was good. It was fun. I had a, I had a good time with it. Um, nothing wrong with it at all. Um, so, yeah, give it a shot if you're bored. I mean, I think, I think we're like four seasons in. So, not a problem. John, you want to go with your next one? Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about a YouTube channel I watched. Because I watched a bunch of stuff this weekend. It's been... Pretty much all sci-fi all the time for me right now. Um, <laughs> I listened to, earlier in the week, I listened to an hour uh, long, it's a video, but it's basically a podcast with pictures put to it. But the pictures are funny because occasionally they'll put jokes on them and all. And it was about uh, the about Battletech and it's about the fall of the Star League and the Amaris Civil War. And it's very interesting old uh, stuff. It's from uh, Text Talks Battletech. And the channel is called the Black Pants Legion. And they are about as serious as you expect from that, though Tex takes his Battletech very serious. He does present it with a humorous note. 
Um, I will say they're probably slightly more profane than we are. It's all in good humor. <laughs> all of the words are used in a complete sentence. Uh, there's a lot of memes that are funny in it. I, I do enjoy the way he talks about Battletech. It's very enjoyable. In addition to that, if you so care, they actually do a lot of video game stuff in addition to it. They have about 14 million days worth of Space Station 13 play, if you like that. Um, they'll do some of the various uh, Battletech and MechWarrior Online and such. Uh, some of the highlights from MechWarrior Online are super-duper hilarious. Like I introduced the wonder that is Fiesta Pale. No, do not buy Fiesta Pale. Uh, luckily, you can't anymore. It's sold out, but it looks horrific. But I enjoy Tex and his crew, what they do. They have another one where they do... They'll do all sorts of games. Uh, some will be like first-person shooters with a group of them together. And it's just hilarious to hear them. Um, they do Twitch stream occasionally. I don't know what their Twitch Black Pants Legion. But I mostly watch their YouTube content. It's pretty good. And, you know, it's good humor and really good battle tech talk. Um, they start off kind of short, but Tex really gets into it after the first couple episodes. Uh, the part one of this, The Fall of the Star League, was an hour long. And then part two, which I watched Saturday morning, was basically two and a half hours long. Dang. But it's really detailed, really gets into it, and I really enjoy the way it presents it. I can't wait for him to put the episode, next episode out. So uh, if you're interested in Battletech, um, he does some good stuff there, and it's definitely worth checking out. Cool. I give him uh, after this one, I give him all the shots of Kraken because he'd want it no other way. <laughs> and zero space herpes. Oh, and zero space herpes. Yeah, he does present very funny, very well. Um, when his joking motto for Comstar, and you guys aren't going to get it if you don't get BattleTech, but basically, they're a semi-religious cult that control all the communications throughout the known space, or as he calls them, their space AT and T. But as his joking motto for them is, Play, pay your bills, fucko. That pretty much sums up what that channel's about. Um, I wanted to bring up something because uh, last week you talked about like the top 50 science fiction TV shows or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how long the list was. I got to the point where Babylon 5 wasn't in the top 10 and I said, fuck you and go to hell. <laughs> well, it got me thinking because I remember back in the 90s there was a tv show i really really liked uh they everybody was watching i don't want to say everybody i actually got you know my household to watch it we were really enjoying it um and then we moved and we never saw it anymore and i was like well what happened to that tv show and i'm sure it got canceled and taken off the air just you know i wasn't into the you know of why or who they did it or anything and so i went back and you know nostalgia was kicking in and i went and looked it up um and i was like all right what happened to this tv show and, of course, it got canceled. It was on Fox. <laughs> what? Fox cancels a science fiction show that was actually pretty decent. What? Yeah, no. and so I was laughing uh, at myself about this because I was like, that's kind of silly, uh, but very much in the, the realm of Fox um, because it only had one season, and uh, it was Space Above and Beyond. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I have that. I have the series. And I was like... You know, I actually really enjoyed that when it came out. I had a lot of fun with it. That was a great series. And I went back and watched it. And I was like, holy fuck, this sucks now. <laughs> but it's the old nostalgia is a bitch thing. Yeah. But, you know, I was looking at it and I was like, you know, why? The story was great, but the special effects 
do not hold up. Yeah, oh, it, well, no, no special like, effects do. Yeah. yeah, it was much more adult than a lot of the series online on on the on the the TV were at that point. Yeah, and I just it was just very interesting because I I mean I was reading you know some of the wiki about it and stuff and I was like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah this is really cool because I remember the last episode was pretty much everybody was dead there was only you know everybody was dead or gone or trapped or you know captured or whatever and I was like man. Well, we were going to, and they actually said what they were planning on doing for the next season before it was canceled. And I thought that was cool. I was like, okay, cool. That's neat. That's awesome. I'm glad that they, you know, they, the people talked about it and said it, but, uh, it was interesting for the, for the most part, um, about it because nostalgia is a bitch because I remember it being a cooler than what it was, but of course, special effects back then were probably the shit. But yeah, you, yeah. You now have to they're take not what it was at the time. Yes. You know, you don't judge it by the modern special yeah. effects. You have to take your head out of that. Correct. And that's when I was like, because I was watching, it was like, yeah, I remember when this was badass special effects. I mean, it's not all Star Wars where it still pretty much holds up because it was top of the line, mostly model work at the time. Yeah. Look at Last Starfighter, and you don't judge it for the computer-generated animation that's in oh, it God, because no. it was the first, some of the first computer-generated animation. You're like, holy fuck balls! You 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 give that a pass, and you watch it for the rest. It was just it just kind of it kind of went on me, and I was like, oh yeah yeah yeah, okay. But that was just one of the, I was wondering because like some I had looked up you know the the top fifty sci-fi shows of all time and such, and I saw that <laughs> on there, and it just reminded me of that, and I was like, oh man. That show was so good back in the day. It was, you know, and the story is still the story is still fun. Even oh yeah, even though the special effects aren't just like Babylon Five. The story is amazing. The special effects back at the time were cutting edge, but now not so much. I think they hold up a little better in Babylon Five, but not like a ton. Oh, well, agreed. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I mean, we share the same opinion about Babylon Five. It should have been in the top ten, if not the top five. Yeah, no offense to all those who love Deep Space Nine. Fuck your Deep Space Nine, I'll take Babylon 5. The original. <laughs> the, the original space station story in space. There. Yep, technically. Though it was never shown that Paramount stole the idea from, uh, from Straczynski after he proposed it. Uh, they said they had it in the works for a while. And I've actually seen corroborating stories that they were working on it prior to Babylon 5 coming out. So I choose to believe they aren't just fuckos. But that was just something I, I remembered looking that up whenever you and I were what, talking about it. Rating? rating? I can't rate it because I actually didn't watch it. I just watched part of the trailer and some just clips. But back okay. then, it would have been a zero. Oh, yeah. Um, so before we get to Picard, uh, Bane and I are watching Discovery because we have CBS All Access uh, at least for the rest of the month and maybe longer, at least to finish Discovery. We're about seven episodes in. And I will say it is very pretty. Production values are super duper high. I'm not going to rate the season yet. I'm going to say that I feel like the biggest thing I've heard is true is that while it is not good Star Trek, it is pretty good sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like where it's going. Some of the characters are growing on me. Uh, I'm definitely going to try and watch you know, the whole the whole of it. Um, I do think uh, we need to get past the two Harry Mudd episodes. 
I was kind of hoping for something fortunate to have. Yeah. Maniac did fall asleep during episodes, including the, the first secondary one. Bud episode where he's jumping through time. And I really wanted him to wake up in the middle of part of the replay of it just so it fucked with his brain, but he didn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I really thought the, the Harry Mudd ones were a little off. That doesn't really fit with the Harry Mudd from the original series. And uh, one of my other big complaints is uh, you didn't need to redesign the entirety of how the Klingons look and make them less expressive because the masks are more... I, I'll agree with you. I was very off-put by the way the Klingons look. Huh. And also, like, they... they when you, you hand him a weapon, he says, uh, take my batleth. And I'm like, that is not a motherfucking batleth. <laughs> you could say, take my weapon. Awesome. Cool. I don't care what it looks like at that point. But if you're going to say it's a batleth, it should motherfucking look like a batleth. <laughs> there are things to change. There are things you don't change. Yeah. I know the Enterprise shows up. And when it does, it looks like the Enterprise. So jobs are good. But you don't completely change things. That's how you piss off people, and that's why people don't like Discovery Season 1, and probably didn't give Season 2 a chance because of that. Uh, I also don't like that the Klingons are always speaking Klingon, for fuck's sake. I actually like to read it, but it is really off-putting and sounds terrible, because you're making actors act through a language they don't understand, and through a giant prosthetic mask, which is just putting layers between us and fucking emotion. Mm, yeah. should have done uh, my, my, my boss uh, like, shout out occasionally we talked about it we think it should have been done like they did in the Hunt for October where it starts off they're all speaking Klingon perfect cool and there's a close up of one of them that switches to English and then you understand everyone's speaking Klingon but you're hearing English for your ease yeah yeah. and then you can switch to the subtitles when it's you know Necessary. you know Klingon speaking Klingon and someone else speaking another language you can switch there perfect but uh, so there's some uh, downsides to it, but it is so far, I think, an intriguing story. At least I think it's more intriguing than Banyan does. I uh, didn't fall asleep during the end of the episodes. But seven episodes in, enjoying it. But unfortunately, that's only about of a third of a season or so because it's 20 some episode seasons, which is another mistake, probably. They could have split those up into smaller they, they parts. They did. A bit enjoyable. They did when they originally put it out, if I remember correctly. They uh, had a mid season break. But yeah, I agree. But, if, if you were, if you were to sit down and watch it now, and you watch it as the as you would like, a, you would binge it as a normal show. You'd be like, "Fuck, this is long." But whenever it was originally aired, it was broken in half, I believe. Yeah, well, I think that's a mistake, especially since I mean, obviously they've learned from that mistake since they're doing short tracks and they're also doing Picard was only what ten episodes. Something so like they've that. obviously learned from that. So we'll have to see what else they learn from that. So. Uh... That rating forthcoming when I finish the season, it'll probably be about two weeks or so based on current uh, progression. Uh, we didn't watch it a couple nights a week just because Bainan wasn't feeling what, feeling it, and I was going to wait for him because until he tells me, fuck it, I'm done, we're going to watch that shit together. <laughs> if he says, fuck it, I'm done, I'll watch the rest myself. Until then, I have plenty of Star Wars Clone Wars to watch because I'm watching that for other stuff. Uh, Gonzo, anything else before we hit Picard? Yeah, I have, I have two. Um, and one I'm just going to hit on because I rewatched it because I was uh, doing some project at the table and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch you know this while we're doing it. And it's actually one of my one of my favorite Robin, um, Robin Williams uh, movies. Uh, very underrated. Um, but I oh, think... 
I, I really, really, really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think I still think it's a great movie. Uh, and that's Hook. Um, it did really poorly in the box office. It did. How did that movie do poorly in the box office? Please explain that to me. I don't know. Um, I remember seeing it in the theater and it was dead. There was nobody in there and it, you know, it didn't have good ratings. But did man. parents try and get kids to it? Because I can see that's not a movie for kids. That's for those who watched Peter Pan as a kid yeah. to watch as an adult. Well, I mean, I could see, you know, kids nowadays watching it and they, and they would get the concepts and everything. But I mean, I really, really liked it. It was very good. Classic Robin Williams, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy Hook. There's some really good, touchy, you know, emotion feels to it. And then there's some great humor and great, you know, Peter Pan type awesome. stuff in it. I, I was really upset, you know, that it did so poorly, but, you know, I can't control it. Dustin Hoffman's great. Oh. Uh, Bob Hoskins, rest his soul, as, uh, as Shmi is great. Oh, I mean, yeah. everyone is doing a great job. Yeah. It was really, really good. Uh, and, it, and, of course, it is a twist on, you know, Peter Pan, but still, I really, really liked it. Like it's it almost a, a sequel to Peter Pan, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Very underrated, in my opinion. Very, but a very good show. Uh, very good movie. Uh, I liked it a lot. I don't care, you know, if you have a problem with it. Sorry. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Uh, I give it, to me, zero space reason. I'll watch it almost any time it comes on. Anytime I see it. Just because it's, it's such a good, feel-good movie and such a good, fun movie to watch. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch it if I was going to argue with your rating. Because off the top of my head, I would say zero to one. So I'm not yeah. going to argue with zero. Um, and so just a quick one on that one. And then a little bit on this one. I watched Tales from the Loop. Watched the entire season. This is one depressing series. Holy crap. It is. For that. Do what? <laughs> it's the wrong time in the world for that. Yeah. But it was yeah. very good though. Um, I don't care good it is. It's depressing. I don't want to hear it right yeah. now. It, it was, it was very, very. Very, very sad. Uh, every episode, the music really sets the tone for everything that's going on. Um, of course, for people who don't know Tales from the Loop, uh, there is a town that has what's called the Loop in it. And the Loop has weird science, magical properties, the best way to put it. Um, things happen and weird things happen all the time. And it's very, you know, expected. Um, people understand that weird things are going to happen and they just let it slide. Um, I don't know, but if I was living in that town, I would have got the fuck out. Mm. Uh, the timeline of it is kind of weird. It's like a late sixties, early seventies type feel to it, but they have cool, you know, they have robots and weird things happen to people and, you know, so so do what? Then we decide that was called robots. Robots. Yep. yep. Some robots. <laughs> um, it feels at the very beginning, like the first three or so episodes, it feels very episodic um, because they concentrate on certain characters and nobody else follows through on a lot of them. Uh, but then it starts, you start piecing together the characters and the story and how everybody's connected in this whole thing. Um, it, uh, by about episode four, 
uh, you're really into it and you're like, yeah, okay, this is cool. This sucks for these people, but it's cool. It's interesting. It's neat. Um, the ending of the season was super, super sad, but good. You know what I'm saying? It, it was good. And I, I was watching the last episode and I felt it, it felt it was such a good episode. I was like, yes, this is a good series. Um, because it, it, it pieces everything together pretty much. Um, there was only like one episode that I kind of like was like that really didn't need to be in here. Uh, because it didn't really do anything with what was going on in the world. But it was more about one character and it just kind of, you know, didn't feel right. No big deal. Um, gloss on through it. They're about an hour long. 45 minutes, roughly. Um, it is super trippy. Um, like I said, by the end of the season, I was like, yes, I like this. Um, I'm sure they'll get another season out of it. Um, I wish it was less depressing and a little bit more cool. Um, but I doubt it because everything feels like it happens for a reason. And, um, the last like two episodes, I would say the last two episodes are really freaking fantastic. Uh, really, really good. The last episode I noticed the director was Jodie Foster, and it's the actress. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's just that was another thing. But uh, I'm going to give it like one and a half to two because it takes a little while to get started. But once it does, you're just like, yeah, this is good. Uh, but it is kind of a depressing type show. Uh, the bad things happen, and it sucks. But that's kind of where they're going with this. Um, let's go ahead and get Picard out of the way. Um, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We are going to spoil Picard right now. If you do not Four want to Four minutes hear about... of spoilers. Or more, depending on how much John's going to rant. Um, so get out. <laughs> uh, I finished Picard. You finished Picard. What do you think, John? Uh, I loved it. It was great. Uh, I had a blast watching it. It did have a very good, uh, like I said, Firefly feel to it. Um, but not trying too hard to Firefly. Like most of the things that are that try to have the Firefly feel. And, and when it I say Firefly, I mean a ragtag bunch of people that have really cool abilities and all work together and work together in a weird way and get things done. Yep. And I think all of the uh, cameos and old characters fit in, fit in well. They worked them into yes. the stories very well. Uh, yeah, seeing Riker and then family and all that together, I was like, cool, that's awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'd like to see what, you know, uh, Seven and Nine being on there. I, I, I liked, I'd i like to see some more other characters, you know, Worf and all the other people. It'd be nice to see those. Yeah. Didn't mean they have I like, to. I like uh, the char- the world building they did where they didn't just explain everything off the bat. Yep. You know, they mentioned like the, the Fenris Rangers and you don't know what they are. You just know that seven and nine is one of them, and they're sort of peacekeeping. You learn through inference rather than this big spiel of, oh, well, those guys are the blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> fuck that. That's not a good way to do it. I like this so much better. Keep some um, intrigue and mystery. I did like the planet, uh, the party planet or Las Vegas planet, I guess you want to put it, gambling planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Picard doing an accent and dressing up. I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was that funny. Was funny. <laughs> That was pretty damn good. I also like how all the things fit together. How the captain's got the captain of the ship, Rios has got a 
uh, a weird, a, a sad backstory, and it fit into the story, but it didn't feel forced at all. It just felt, it just fit in. Yeah, everything felt really good. It wasn't bad. There wasn't anything that made me, you know, do anything. I, I, last week we talked about the Doctor being my least favorite character. Still like her. She's just my least favorite character. She's just, I'm not uh, oh, man, she over. She brings it. She, she acts the shit out of, I am so far out of my depth that defies description. It, it did get better. Um, she did get to be a better character throughout the series. But to start off, she was one of my least favorite. Um, I think, um, at least they're easily the, the Romulan swordsman. He is, he's fine, but he's kind of one note. Yeah. And that's fine. He's a tertiary character. He's not even a secondary character. He is a tertiary character and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I sort of liked that after they leave him and Hugh on the board cube, I would like to see him kill a couple more motherfuckers. Yeah. (laughs) They they did have some good fight scenes. Like, oh. You're going to kill some motherfuckers. How many motherfuckers are on this board cube? Don't know. He's killing them. <laughs> He's killing them all. Uh, yeah, that was a very... They did have some good fight scenes with him in there. I like. I liked him for that. Um, if you will, the main villain, the sister, uh, it was another enjoyable death because she was not cartoonishly evil, but evil enough that you're like, I fucking want to see her die. Yeah. And she did. So, good good work. Um, uh, the other one, the other, the other main villain... Uh, I was okay with how they portrayed her. Um, if you step back and look at it, it's all kind of weird. But, you know, I'm going to give him a pass. It's no more weird than any Next Generation plot. No, I do want to know more about the alien artificial intelligent thing. You mean space robotic Cthulhu? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I have no questions for the, for the witness, Your Honor. Yeah. Does robotic Cthulhu have tentacles? Are they like Doc Ock tentacles? No, no, they're 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 like Cthulhu tentacles. Just robotic. Yeah, I, I figure we're going to be seeing more of that whenever we, you know, come. Probably. To uh, I also like how they don't insult the intelligence of the audience. You know, when they say they bring up that the one Romulan was on the last ship that was in, you know, was uh, um, assimilated by that particular board cube, and then the collective cut it off. Then you find everything else. They don't spell out the reason why they cut it off. But if you think about it, you know the reason why they cut it off. Because the Borg saw what she saw, that whole the ravening, revening or whatever it's called. They saw that and they're like, nope, fuck that ship. Nope, it can stay there. Fuck it. (laughs) We're done. Um, so yeah, I like uh, pretty much everything about it. The only downside I would say, and this is sort of a, uh, generic trope that I dislike is the giant fleets of spaceships. 200 warbirds is a fucking lot. And then, you know, an equal number of Starfleet ships is another fucking lot. It could have been just as interesting with just enough to overwhelm the defenses. You know, does that be 200? 20 seems like a lot. They couldn't take 20. They had to take 30 is 20. You know, you, you can wrap, like, honestly, the Enterprise said, if you watched the original Star Trek, they could destroy a world with just the Enterprise. They don't need anything else. They've got the weapon. The phasers themselves can just fucking ravage a world. You know, shipboard phasers. And this is, what, 150 years from since then, basically? So I, I feel like they definitely decided to go too far into the fleet thing. 
And one of my buddies did complain that all the Starfleet vessels were the same. They weren't exactly the same. Apparently, there's three types in there, but it's a fair... Yeah, it, it looked complaint. all cut and paste. And, and the guys, the VFX guys, did a me call by, I forget if it was time or money, but one of the two, they didn't have enough of to make them all different. Yeah. And it's fair. It's still great. Love it. Um, I really thought they were going to kill Picard at the end of it. Well, that's one of my complaints. Okay, so first things first, we've got to talk about the death of Data. Um, you don't actually have to because he's been dead for forever. This was not really a thing. Well, see, that's what that's what I thought. I did enjoy Data as a character, and I liked what it was. And at the end, you know, they pulled the plug on the stuff. I get that, but it wasn't. It was sad, but it was like, okay, all they got to do is go. Oh, we had another backup of him somewhere, you know, and just bring it back. And I hope they don't. I hope they just like, nope, nope, done, that's, gone. It's not really a fair complaint because the obviously the intent is he's done. Yeah, I'm hoping they are. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. My one, my one big complaint um, about the whole thing is they did kill Picard, but they brought him back. Um, he was like, but I'm going to sacrifice myself. They, they renewed the series, and it's okay. He Correct. was going to go off what he had to do. Yeah, but he's like, I sacrificed myself for y'all, but you're going to bring me back in a new body. And then I'm like, oh. Because I was like, oh, Picard's going to die, and he's going to die for a worthy... Oh, he's back. Damn it. I mean, okay. they weren't going to kill him. You knew there was a second... Se- By the time we watched it, there was a second season coming, we knew it. There was no... Yeah, there's no... If there- it was good. Was like, oh, shit, how are they going to do this? You know? But I don't mind it at all. Actually, I feel like the whole, you know, weird, inoperable brain thingy um, was kind of shoehorned in and didn't need to be a part of the series. Yeah. Uh, it gave you extra tears at the end. Sorry, Captain Mizzy. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't think you necessarily needed that, but it did. I mean, if you're on the course of the series, the, what happened at the end is worth it. So I'm, I'm not really upset at all. I do not, do not lower my rating at all. It is uh, zero space rupees. I, I, I'm going to like a half to a one, but I, I'm more leaning towards the half. There were just a few things like killing Picard off and then bringing him right back. I was like, okay, what? Okay, I get it. Fine. Um, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. We're in a time with great science fiction, and I'm really enjoying that a lot. It is probably the the closest, the best closest to Star Trek we've gotten in a long time. Yeah. I mean, and remember, I like the J.J. Abrams, if you will, ser- movie series. It's not quite Star Trek, but it's good new Star Trek sort of thing. And, you know, my boss and I, we've talked about this before, we have this discussion how you're not going to get a lot of new Star Trek because it's super idealized and there's only so many stories you can write in that. And this is a good sort of successor where Picard is still the best of Starfleet and those original ideas. And it's great. Yeah. Can't wait for season two. Yep. Um, We're going to have to 2022. I got that, but uh, they just laid off the entire VFX staff because they had to. Yeah. But I mean, it it looks like it's going to be a good fun ride. I hope they do more of, just them doing cool, you know, trouncing through space stuff because that was really fun. I want fun. a great story. I want them to do stuff where maybe something that happens on a tangent connects later on, but not in a huge way that they would have ever known to affect it back then. Yeah. That sort of braided story. So you get some continuity, but not just episodic. Yeah. And I hope they keep it to 10 episodes because that sounds perfect. Yeah, 10 episodes wasn't bad. Wasn't too long. Yeah. So. All right. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate y'all listening tonight and joining us on air. If you're joining us now, 
We appreciate it a lot. Um, we want to make sure everybody, please take care of each other. Please look after everybody. If you have to work, do what you have to to make yourself safe. Um, if you don't have to work, stay home. Look after everyone. Send a message to your friends every so often, by the way. Hey, are you doing okay? You know, make sure that everybody's doing okay. Um, some people won't say if they're going to or not. So just check in with everybody. And because I just saw it, and I have to say this, but uh, Lance, the uh, the editor of, longtime editor of the Muse on Minis podcast, uh, is apparently got the COVID and fighting it in ICU. Uh, so give some prayers out to him. Thoughts and prayers. Whatever you can do, positive vibes his way, because uh, that's uncool for someone who's been cool for the, the whole podcasting community for so long. Look out for each other, guys. For yeah. more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm John. Good night. You're Kathy. I'm John. No, I, I'm John. I am John from I'm now John. on. Well, until you meet me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> and I'm out of here.